Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Yes, we're going to talk with Annette Prince, the director of the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors Migratory Bird Conservation Project. They might need your help if this is your kind of thing. Hang on to that other clip, Andrew. We'll share that. We've we've got a clip about eating Snickers with a knife and a fork, Steve. That's coming up. But um, thank you so much for joining us, Annette. So you're an all-volunteer organization? That's correct. We are a 501c3 volunteer uh, uh, organization that's uh, celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. Oh, that's awesome. And we know you mostly from the Falcons here in the city and saving them and trying to keep them safe and encouraging people, buildings, to turn out the lights. But migration is underway right now. We continue to get pictures every day about the Sandhill Cranes. I'm seeing the Great White Pelicans down on the Illinois and Mississippi River. So tell us what we have to look forward to. And is it true there's a hummingbird migration going through? Well, this is one of the most exciting events we get to witness in Chicago every year. Uh, millions of birds are going to travel through our area. We have one of the highest concentration of, of migrating birds in, in North America. Uh, more than 200 different kinds of birds travel through our region. And yet, like you said, thousands of sandhill cranes are moving through. Uh, and uh, what we have are birds that arrive in stages, often kind of in conjunction with the food that they're is, is available for them. So we're getting uh, birds that are showing up now that they can handle the early spring conditions and being able to find foods. Uh, if, if a bird uh, moves into an area where it can't find food, uh, they're not going to be able to survive very well. So right now we are getting reports of certainly of collision-injured birds like um, red-winged blackbirds. We're getting a lot of those. Uh, the pelicans that you mentioned, uh and the St. cranes, fortunately, are birds that are uh, more of a daytime migrant that don't uh, very often come in, into close encounters with buildings. We're also getting American woodcocks, which are one of the first birds to arrive in the springtime. And then as the spring progresses and different things, flowers come into bloom, birds like hummingbirds are going to show up at the times of year when uh, they can find their food source, which would be the, the blooming plants in this area. Right now, hummingbirds are probably arriving on coastal areas in the, in the Gulf, in Texas, Louisiana. Uh, those little birds are crossing the whole Gulf of Mexico in, in, one, in one flight. They go 500 miles in, in, in 20 straight hours and land on the coastal areas in the southern United States before they make their way up to us uh, at a time when Again, flowers are blooming, and they're they're ready to to find the the food they need to survive. Are we safe from avian flu now? Can we put bird feeders out? What do you suggest people do if they want to aid in this migration? If they have any of these migratory birds that decide to plop down in their yard? Well, certainly putting out food sources for birds can can benefit them, uh, especially if weather conditions are bad and and they aren't finding the food sources they need. Um, as far as avian flu goes, we're most uh, often finding birds that have this are, are those that live in large groups. Uh, they're more susceptible to spreading the infection, things like flocks of chickens, geese, ducks, gulls, uh, cormorants, any other bird and any other bird that might feed on those birds. Those aren't typically what you get in your in your in your backyard. So um, I find typically a migrating bird that has uh 
been able, had the strength to fly 100 miles overnight and to arrive in our yards or in the city is not likely to have been a bird that was sick. Uh, birds that become ill with bird flu usually die rapidly in 24 hours, and we're finding them among a lot of, like I said, the, the, the birds that live in large groups. So I think that um, feeders and, and uh, smaller migratory birds that are uh, passing through are less likely, in my opinion, to to okay. the ones that we're worrying about. But uh, people should always, you know, be cautious in their handling of of any kind of a bird. They can certainly call us if they see a dead or injured bird. We have our helpline. Um, it's seven seven three nine eight eight one eight six seven. If people have a question about a bird they find, we take all of our dead birds to the field museum for research and study, and we take the injured birds to Willowbrook Wildlife Center where they hopefully get a a chance to recover and uh, a chance to be released back out into the wild. I just want to go back to the magic you talked about there. The hummingbirds fly across the entire Gulf of Mexico, 20 hours straight, 500 miles, without the benefit of sitting down at all. Exactly. Can you imagine? It's a bird that weighs about three grams, which is about the weight of a penny. And on their own, with their own strength, they, they often uh, increase their body weight by about 40% before they take off. So they bulk up. And then they they fly. They could come up from Central America to the land route in Mexico, but they choose to fly straight across the water in the Gulf, which is a, a, a very treacherous journey for them because, as you said, they can't stop. Uh, they sometimes could find an oil oil rig or two to land on if they have to, but uh, otherwise they are making an, an incredible trip um, across the, the Gulf Coast in the spring migration in their in their rush to get up to their their breeding ground. It's crazy. It's just crazy that they they survive and what they go through. People are asking when hummingbird feeders should go up or oriole feeders. The, basically, an oriole feeder to me is a half of an orange, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think that the end of April is when uh, those type of birds are showing up. End of April, early May. Like again, when when we start getting uh, blooming plants around, those birds are coming around and around that time of year. Um, that would be the best for for. Uh, providing supplements to to welcome these birds uh, through because uh, we want to see them have safe passages. And Chicago's done a great job of of reducing lighting because that attracts birds that fly at night and brings them toward glass buildings. And we're getting more and more buildings and communities that are uh, making the glass in their their buildings safer by uh, protecting that with patterns and other ways that birds will avoid the glass and and not have the fatal collisions that that we unfortunately encounter in large numbers. Annette Prince is the director of the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. It's a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And I saw on your website you have some training sessions coming up for people who might want to participate and donate time in either tracking these birds or helping rescue them. Why don't you tell everyone about that? Yes, that's that's definitely something we need as many boots on the ground as we can. We go out in teams looking for birds. We need people to help us respond to calls about birds that are in trouble. We have our training sessions on our webpage, which is birdmonitors.net. We uh, have over 200 volunteers that do everything from transporting birds. If we need to get a bird uh, picked up and gotten to a wildlife center, we need people to go out and look for the birds, help capture the injured ones, and archive and document uh, the fatalities. So we can never have enough people because we can always go to more places throughout the Chicago region to help birds. And um, we would love to have people join us. Please check out our, our webpage and find a way to help us. You can support us with donations as well. We are not funded by any organization. We rely completely on donations from the public. And as I said, we're excited to be celebrating our 20th year and uh, thousands and thousands of birds that we've been able to, to rescue and protect. 
Thank you for what you do. I think that there might be a few people listening who might want to join your volunteer course. So we appreciate you, Annette. It's a great activity, so rewarding. I encourage everyone to look us up. I'm happy to have them. Thanks so much for uh, having us on the show today.